Welcome to the Church Leadership Podcast, your weekly source for encouraging and equipping local church leaders with your hosts, Mark Ganey and Andy Frazier. In each episode, Andy and Mark sit down with church leaders that you should know. We believe these honest conversations will be helpful and encouraging to you as you lead the local church. Here is this week's episode. We are so excited that you have joined us for today's episode, and it's going to be a fantastic conversation. We know you're going to be encouraged and equipped to lead in your local church, and that's really what our mission is. And we want to remind you of a couple things before we get to that conversation. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast. Uh, If you're watching on YouTube, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, and you can even hit that bell. You'll be notified every time a new episode airs. And if you're listening on your favorite podcast listening app, hit the subscribe button. And uh, we want you to be a part of every single episode uh, because we believe these are conversations you need to hear just like today's conversation. We are so excited that you've joined us on the podcast. We have Danny Wood, who is the pastor at Shades Mountain Baptist Church in Birmingham, Alabama. So Danny, thank you so much for taking time to join us on the podcast this week. Hey guys, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Well, we do appreciate you being uh, with us and, and just having this conversation with us. And you know, from a distance, we've watched you for years, and over the last few years, we've gotten to interact with you a little bit and get to know you more, and uh, I know you've been at Shades uh, since 1997, and, uh, you know, that's been a long ministry. We'll, we'll talk about that a little bit, but some people listening may not know that, uh, you know, you, you weren't called to ministry in high school or middle school or even college, and you were in the business world for a little bit, so tell us a little bit about your story and how God got you to Shades so many years ago. Okay. Well, actually did start uh, back even as a teenager, went to youth camp and um, uh, I made a decision Mm -hmm. that I was going to be sold out to the Lord. Didn't really know what all that meant. Went home to my mom and dad. And I said, I see it one of two ways. Either God's called me going to ministry, or if he wants me to be a a businessman, I will be a hundred percent sold out uh, to him. Uh, I went to Auburn, I majored in marketing, and I just fell in love with business. I I loved it. Uh, When I graduated, had an opportunity to come to Birmingham and work with, at that time, it was called South Central Bell. And so I was with the phone company, I was in marketing, and uh, I lived one mile away from Shades Mountain Baptist Church. So I joined this church and uh, became a teacher in the singles department. Uh, I got married in this church. Uh, I was ordained as a deacon in this church. And I got a real close relationship with Charles Carter, who was the pastor at that time. And uh, we talked about ministry and I told him about how I struggled at times about that call. And I knew that God had gifted me in certain areas. And so we talked about it really for about seven, seven years. And, uh, but I just still, still felt that God wanted me to stay in the uh, business world. Well, uh, the phone company went through a divestiture. And when that divestiture was happening, uh, we had an opportunity to move to Mobile. So uh, we packed up, moved to Mobile. Uh, we got to open up a new branch office. I was one of the sales managers down there. And it was funny because my wife's an artist. Uh, we got to build our, for us, that dream house. We got to put a studio there. We're 20 minutes from the beach. We love the beach. And I told her, I said, man, you take my resume and we'll just throw it away because baby, <laughs> we're here forever. And we were for four months. And uh, in that summer, God just got a hold on me. And I ended up feeling like, I said, you know what? 
uh, God's called me to do something that has more eternal significance. Mm. And uh, as much as I enjoyed selling PBX machines and everything else, no one ever called me in the middle of the night and thanked me for that phone system, how it changed their life. Uh, but yet as a teacher in singles and speaking at places, I would have people to say, hey, the Lord used you. Uh, and it made a, a radical difference in my life. So uh, that's when we made the call. And so we sold everything, moved out to Fort Worth, uh, went to Southwestern uh, Seminary, uh, got an opportunity to serve on staff at Prestonwood as the minister of young marrieds. And so I was there for four and a half years and then took my first pastorate in Louisiana, uh, First Baptist Church, Ruston, and where Louisiana Tech is, is located. We were there for eight and a half years, and then we got called uh, back to Shades Mountain Baptist Church uh, to become their pastor. Or as I tell every person here at Shades, when they're getting ready to be a Sunday school teacher, I'll say, hey, it's a great career path. I went from <laughs> Sunday school teacher to deacon to the pastor. I say, right. you could be the next pastor over here. That's right. That's right. Hey, that is uh, encouraging and scary at the same time because... <laughs> Uh, some people may may very well relate to those words. Maybe they're dealing right now with that. Uh, yeah. uh, you know, there's there's people who listen to our podcast who comment to us regularly that maybe they're feeling called to ministry. What are some things that you feel like, Danny, that they could maybe have as markers or, or identifiers to let them know, all right, it is definitely a call and it is time to look at making that transition? Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm pretty analytical and logical at times. And I remember I took a I took out a notebook and I put pros and cons on it. Hmm. Uh, I'd had eight and a half years with that company. I had checked all the boxes to continue to move up uh, and hopefully to be a, a high executive uh, one day there. And I really did. I I went through a time to where it was every day as I was praying and reading scripture, I kept a journal as to what God was telling me out of scripture. And then it finally just came down to, okay, let me just be practical. Let me just write down uh, the pros and the cons of making this decision. And uh, I also looked at my own gift mix and I said, where do I feel like my greatest strengths are that, uh, that could be best used for God's kingdom. And I think the other thing about it, Andy, is that um, uh, it was the Lord began to shift my heart to focus more on eternal uh, values. Mm -hmm. And my desire was to have a greater eternal significance. And um, I know I could have that being a Sunday school teacher and, and teaching God's word. But yet he said, I'm, I'm ready to take you to a little bit higher level on that. So all of that together is what gave me a peace. And if you're married, then your wife has got to feel that same way. Absolutely. And uh, and Janice was, I mean, she was the hero because uh, uh, she didn't have to work. She could just do her art. Uh, and uh, we moved to seminary. She had to go back to work and do an hour drive and all this stuff. So she was she was the hero that was willing to uh, to do that. I can I can relate so much to that story and the way you determined God was calling you. You know, I, I wasn't as long in the business world like you were, but I, I, I did not realize, honestly, I was called into vocational ministry for a few years. And so I, I did that pros and cons list too. I can definitely relate. Um, so, so you've been there at Shades for, for a long time, since 1997, I guess almost 25 years. Well, it'll be, um, it'll be 24 uh, next month. 24 wow. next month. Wow. And you've got a transition coming up. Before we get to that transition, though, I want to talk to you about the longevity there at Shades. Now, Shades is obviously known for, for, for having pastors there a while. 
um, with Dr. Carter before you, but mm-hmm. maybe share some, some things you've learned of how to stay in a place for so long, because, you know, I look at in my ministry and it's a different ministry. Obviously I was a church planner for a little while, but I've been in several places during the years in which you have been at one. So, so talk <laughs> to us how you, you know, you've made it that far and, and some things you've learned along the way. Yeah, well, since I was a member before, I know where the bodies are buried. So uh, <laughs> just, uh, nobody was scared to mess with me. No, um, I, I think that, um, you know, when you look over and, and look at longevity, in fact, even when I was at First Baptist Church Ruston, eight and a half years, uh, that church was well over 100 years old. And I was the second longest tenured pastor in their entire wow. history at that time. And Chris Craig now has, has blown that record out. I think he's got 16 or 17 years, which I, I send him a thank you every day, uh, every year when it comes up. I said, man, I, I'm glad you're there. Um, but um, I, I think that uh, in order to go long term, um, you're, you have to navigate through the difficult times and there will come a crossroads where you're going to have to push through. And I, I think what happens is I think the average, you know, the, the, I guess the average is about four or five years uh, for pastors to stay every one for three, four or five years. And usually what happens is around that fourth year, things get pretty dicey and you've got to make the decision. Do I feel that God wants me to stay here or do I move on? And I really think that a lot of guys, they move on too fast and they don't stick through the hard times and make the tough decisions. Uh, For me, it was four and a half years. It was four and a half years and it was the roughest time that I had. And um, and I just had to make that decision. Is this where God's called me to go or not? And I took myself and the whole church through 40 days of prayer and fasting. And it was a seminal moment in the life of our church and for me, because I came out of that realizing that God had called me here and we pushed forward and that's when everything accelerated that took place after, after that time. And so when I read stories about people three years, four years, uh, and then they leave, they go somewhere else. It's because you don't want to push through that and you really need to do that. So once you push through that, I think the other thing, uh, Mark is to have a fresh vision um, a lot of times people come and, uh, and they get all excited and they put together maybe a four-year, five-year vision. And then once they get there, they just park. And what happens is, is once you have accomplished, let's say that first vision, it's not a parking place. It's a launching pad. And it is to launch you to what is the next great thing that God wants to do through our church. And so you get energized as a pastor when you get this new, fresh vision about, okay, here we go from here. Well, you do that a second time. When that one ends, everybody's on tiptoe expectancy saying, okay, pastor, what's the next one that we got? And you you just keep on, you just keep on going from there. Uh, the funny thing is that our, our biggest vision we ever did was called the 2010 vision. And it came out of the 40 days of prayer and fasting. And it was a, from 2002 to, to 2010. And everybody knew 2010. We talked all about 2010 vision. Well, all of a sudden, uh, you know, we get into 2010. And so people are coming up to me and say, Pastor, what are we going to do next? And I get them. I said, I don't know. I thought Jesus was going to come back before 2010. <laughs> I, said, I don't know. But we did. We came up with one called Touch the World 2015. And so, uh, you know, that came. So uh, I think having fresh vision and then third would be to establish a culture. 
um, uh, you establish that culture. And when you establish a culture at that church, then uh, you're just building on that. You hire good staff, you hire people towards that culture, and, and it makes it enjoyable. Uh, because you got that, uh, I don't know, it's just that, that, that culture that, that comes in there. And it's scary because they say that churches take on the personality of the pastor. So we're a very demented church uh, on that. So, uh, but the longer you're there, you build that culture and it just kind of keeps building momentum. Mm, that is awesome. And I, I, know that's, I know that's helpful to, to some people maybe in that three, four year itch or struggle. Yeah. And, uh, and, and if they go through that, I strongly encourage them to um, find somebody that they can talk to about that. Somebody outside the church, uh, maybe another pastor, an older pastor that's walked through those times. Uh, I went and did a, a life coach that was in Michigan. I, I took a two day trip up there and someone had given me his name and it was phenomenal. I mean, he just sat down with me and walked through my entire life. Uh, and you put all your different spiritual markers. And, and Mark, the craziest thing was, as I sat there and looked at my life, and I saw the challenges that Shades had before it, it was like, I was created for this. I mean, I have the mix, the gift mix, to be able to pastor this church through this time to go forward on that. And That's awesome. I know it was, it was amazing. It's, it's nothing special about me. It's just all of a sudden you look and you said, that's where you fit. And I was the guy that fit at first Baptist church, Ruston. And mm -hmm. I was the guy that, that fit there. So it really helped having an outside um, uh, person that you could talk to and go through that. Now, surely there are some times when you hit that crossroad and, and maybe it is time to step away, but uh, don't, don't go quickly. I think that's a good word right there for people who are listening and we have been pastoring and ministering through a pandemic. You know, God has strategically placed guys in churches in their context to lead them through uh, everything. And man, it's amazing to see how the giftedness and how the experience and the passion have really been on display in a lot of churches right now. So uh, would, would you have anything to say to people who maybe maybe right now they're struggling because of the pandemic specifically. And they're like, I don't know if I need to stay or not. I, I don't know if this is where God's calling me to, to be, or, or maybe I need to start looking. Yeah. Um, and, and I know that uh, just from my understanding that there are going to be a number of pastors there, they're going to step away and say, Hey, I, uh, maybe I'm, I'm tapped out or, or, or whatever on this. Um, let me just tell you what, what we did to go through the pandemic and, and it's still going to be with us, I think for a little bit longer, but um, uh, in the middle of March, I stood before our staff and then I wrote this up and sent it out to our church. And I told them, I said, there's four things that we'll do during this pandemic. I said, number one is we'll make wise decisions. And uh, so we're going to listen to what the CDC says, and, and we're going to be cautiously aggressive. We're going to continue to kind of push the envelope a little bit, but we want to be cautious, make wise decisions, set up our facilities so that we're taken care of from all the sanitary needs on there. And then second was maintain fellowship. 
We will stay in touch with all of our members during this time. And then third of all was minister to the community. Uh, we're not going to hunker down and, and just stay in a little shell. Look for ways to minister to the community. There'll be plenty of opportunities, and there were. And last thing was make Jesus known. And that is that we would evangelize and continue to get the gospel out. So we did that, and we did that as a church for the 10 months and built everything around it. And so as a pastor, um, the guys that are still pastoring right now, they have done something amazing. They have carried their church through a pandemic that has, I mean, well, we're back to what, 1918 since yeah. this has happened. Uh, they didn't get to read anybody's book on, on how I made it through a pandemic. Nobody had a, uh, a speaking gig of how I carried my church through there. We were all on equal footing, whether you had a church of 20 or a church of 20,000. We all were trying to figure out how to do this. And so I would say to pastors, just the fact that you're still standing, living and breathing and you carried your church through there, this is incredible. Amen. And so uh, so as you get ready to look to the next chapter, yeah, there are things are going to be a little a little bit different. But um, you might be the best one to carry them into that because you built a lot of credibility of leading them through there. And um, I think that they may love you more than they've ever loved you before. And you could be the, the guy to, to keep it on. So I would encourage guys to, you know, to, to stay the course on that. That is awesome. And I'm going to go ahead and say, look, you, you, you shared that with your staff in March and in your church. And for those listening, look, I'm telling you right now, this February 2021, when we're recording this episode, it is not too late to use those exact same four things with your church right now and tell them that's what you're going to do. Um, that's, that's awesome. So speaking of next chapter, uh, another chapter is coming up in your life. And uh, in August, you are uh, transitioning, you're retiring, at least, uh, you know, um, somewhat. I know you and, and those folks listening probably are thinking, man, there's no way he's getting ready to retire, man. God's got fire in him. And but but we know that God's going to use you in your next chapter. But I want to I want to ask you a couple things about that transition. Number yeah. one, how are you handling that tra transition with your church having been there so long? How's your church handling that? And then what what's on the horizon for you and what's next for you? Okay. Uh, yeah. And I appreciate you asking me that because some people are sitting there thinking, well, Dan, you just told us to stay the course and yet you're, you're, <laughs> stepping, you're stepping away. What's up with this? Well, uh, listen, I'm 67 and a half. So, uh, you know, my, my time is, is, is coming. And um, uh, how we got to this point was, um, I don't want to go too much detail, but in, in 2001, 2002, we set up a master plan that we wanted to accomplish here at our church. And so over, 17, over 15 years, we did three different capital campaigns and uh, invested about $26 million into our campus. And my goal was to get all of that taken care of. And we did. And so everything was taken care of. We were debt free. And this was around 20, uh, 2016, 17. The only thing we had not touched is our worship center. And uh, you guys have probably seen it. it's beautiful, man, it's, but it's 30, it was 30 years old. And so you got to change carpet, you got to change pews and things have changed today versus 89, you know, the way we work, worship and, and we want to do multiple services. You couldn't do that in there. So everybody asked me, are you going to do anything in the worship service? My favorite line was next guy. 
next guy. Everything was next guy. <laughs> next guy do that. Well, God got a hold of my heart and he said, Danny, he said, next guy can't do this. Mm. He said, that's a very emotional building. And from all my studies, it takes a pastor sometimes anywhere from five to seven years to actually become the pastor of the church. And let's say if it took him seven years and then you take three years to do a capital campaign, deal with that emotional issue. It's 10 years. It's 10 years from the day I step aside and you can't do that because you've got him trying to do a 2030 vision in a 1989 building. And that's just not going to work. Mm. So after Lord beat me up, I said, I'm going to take this on. So it was called next. And, um, and with next, we did some spiritual formation stuff and also uh, redid our worship center and expanded our lobby. And a part of it was when I preached a sermon, I said, next guy. And that means that there will be a next pastor and that I will not always be your pastor. I love uh, Vander Blumen's book next. The opening sentence says every pastor is an interim pastor. And, and, And that is so true. And so, so I just want to let the listeners know that three years ago, I was already looking towards this and, um, and I was probably looking to probably step away. I always told him I'd never be here past 70. So I was thinking maybe 69, I would do that. But when the um, pandemic hit and we led our church effectively through that and had just an incredible year this past year, everything I've read and you guys too have talked about things are going to be different the way we do church. Okay. So I'm sitting here thinking, um, the, I'm only going to be here at the most, maybe a year and a half. Uh, it is not fair to our church and to our staff for me to meet with them. Let's talk through this, dig about what we're going to do over these next number of years when I'm not going to be here to help them. So what drove me was it's time for the next man to come with fresh eyes that can lead this church for the next 5, 10, 15 years. So, so I'm not just opting out it's strategic as to why I selected the time that I did. And so I shared that with our church and uh, thankfully the responses have been, well, we knew this was going to happen, but we didn't think it was going to happen this soon. And so we're sad about that, but we, it does make sense to strategically uh, do that. And so, um, and, and, and so guys, uh, if I can just throw this up and talk too much, tell me, stop. But I feel like that oftentimes when we, when pastors are looking to step away, they look, first of all, is what is best for them and their family situation, which is important. But for me, it's a higher call. And that is what is best for the church, uh, because I don't want to leave it in ruins. I don't want to leave it with a problem. My goal has always been to have us in a position where all of our facilities are taken care of, which they are that our finances are in great shape. We took on a $12 million uh, addition. And in two months, we, two years, we got it down to $2 million debt. So we've got no debt problems. So we've got no financial problems, no staff problems, no facility problems. It is a whiteboard. So when the next guy comes in, he can figure out what God's vision is, take the church and just take them to a next level. And I feel that's part of my responsibility as the outgoing pastor is to put the church in that strong position and then step away. And that's what we're trying to do. It's awesome. Yeah, I think that is something that needs to be echoed, heard, listened to over and over and over again. God has called us not just to be shepherds, but to be stewards. 
Yeah. Yes. And we have a great responsibility to care for our people, but also steward the ministry and the responsibilities he's given us because we all are interim pastors, mm-hmm. uh, no matter how long we are there. Whoever, uh, if, if Jesus doesn't return, you know, before the next guy gets to, to step in to, 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 to that role, we're preparing our church for whatever is happening next. So that's, that's how we usually end, Danny. We usually ask a specific way to encourage so that you've done that. You've challenged us and encouraged us to let us know, all right, not only are we to lead our people well now, but we're to prepare for what God has in store for our church or our ministry on down the road and for whoever next. My dad always gave me some great advice. If you borrow somebody's truck, return it to them cleaner than you got it. And with a full tank of gas, <laughs> that's great. <laughs> and that's, that's been my motto wherever we've served, you know, we want to make sure things were in better shape than when we came there. And that's that, you know, so many guys leave churches and it's just a mess and a struggle and conflict, but to leave in such a way where you have stewarded and shepherded. Well, that says so much about how God's honored Absolutely. your ministry. Well, I, I appreciate it. And it's been a great church and great people. And, um, uh, you know, there's parts of you that's always tough to kind of step away on that. But what is so good is that the Lord feel like, I feel like he has shown me strategically, Danny, man, this makes perfect sense. It is great to be able to step away. And so, um, so I feel good about it. Well, Danny, we thank you so much for spending some time with us today. And, and I know I'm encouraged and challenged and, uh, I, you know, you are, you are certainly a, a, textbook case of finishing well and and doing it right um although god's not finished with you obviously but uh but you know not just there shades but you know personally and in your other ministry spots and and really just in life you you are certainly someone who's leaving uh, a legacy and has impacted countless people and mentored so many so um we appreciate your heart your passion and uh and just your time today dan thank you so much uh, Mark, you guys are you guys are kind, and I, I appreciate the ministry that you do. It's nice to have something that uh, every week people can come to and kind of get that little bit of a boost. And uh, you know, it's it's where uh, you know, I remember Rick Warren saying that when you go to a conference, if you just come out away with one thing, uh, that it's a successful conference, and to know that you get that opportunity every week to give somebody at least one thing to say, okay, I can I can do this better. So thank you guys for doing that. Yeah, let me encourage you, Danny. Don't go back to work for the phone company when you're talking to church. So. That's right. Andy, I'll tell you this. Everybody who used to work with the company told me that year, a few years ago. They said, it's all changed. It's not the same. Don't go back. So, Andy, you're right. I will not be going back to the phone company. I'll take that as a word of knowledge from Andy Fraser. Let me write that down. That's right. That's well, right. Thank you so much for joining us this week. And And like you said, we hope people have come away with something to be encouraged and equipped from our time together today. Hey, I, I do too, guys. And hey, thank y'all and uh, continue the ministry. And uh, we'll keep praying for Fultondale and uh, for uh, God to do a great healing taking place in that, in that city. Okay. Thank you so much. And uh, thank you all for watching and listening. We'll see you next time. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the church leadership podcast. Don't forget to share, subscribe, and even review our podcast on your favorite podcast listening app.